Hey folks, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Historic Hudson, Ohio. And I'm glad you're with me today because this is a weekly word and we're spending some time talking about the church. Um, mostly meaning the large C church, that church that is universal, but also talking about the, the congregation, the, the small C church. And I would be willing to bet that when most people hear the word church, it's that small C sense of the word that they think of. You know, they think of a building like the one that I'm standing in right now uh, with all the beautiful quilts behind me. If you're watching the video, I'll talk about those a little bit more in a moment. But um, they often think about congregations, uh, parishes. And, and I don't think we often think about the, the historic connection between all of the different uh, universal forms of the followers of Jesus. This universal gospel and the hope that we have, uh, that all people have through Christ crucified and raised. But let's talk about those local congregations for a minute. The one that I'm standing in right now, the one that I'm privileged to serve in, had its first worship service uh, on October 30, 1966. Uh, and then in uh, May of 1969, this building was, uh, was dedicated. They were meeting at a local school before that, Eva Mir, for those of you who are local. Um, in the fall of uh, 1988, the church had grown and they added offices and an education wing. Uh, in 2020, we added a, uh, a narthex, a ministry center, a new kitchen, and, and a sacristy. And when I think about the life of the, the, this congregation, it's 57 years old-ish, somewhere around there. Um, and that's not very old. It's not very old at all when you consider um, that the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, the church body that this congregation is connected to, uh, founded by German Lutheran immigrants, was, uh, was founded in 1847. Um, in fact, the original name of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, was the G German Evangelical Lutheran Synod of Missouri, Ohio, and other states. So, it's our synod, yeah. Um, and in 1824, uh, the, the, the oldest church in Ohio was founded. I mean, this, this is a long time before Gloria Day even existed as a sparkle in somebody's eye. Uh, but in, in 1824, the old Wyandotte mission up in Upper Sandusky was, was established. And even that's not terribly old when you think that in uh, 1639, Jamestown Church in Jamestown, Virginia was established. And even a little bit older than that, in 1610, uh, San Miguel Mission in Santa Fe, New Mexico, the whole opposite side of what is now the United States, uh, was founded. By, uh, by Spanish missionaries. And, well, I mean, 1610, what's that compared to 1521, uh, where the Cathedral of San Juan in Puerto Rico was established? And there's some research that's being done right now that suggests that when John Cabot came over and was investigating in what's now Newfoundland, that they may have uh, established a congregation in Carbonier, Newfoundland, in 1498. 
And that's all in the New World, all the way back to 1498. You know, that, boy, that seems like a really long time until we consider that, um, you know, the Notre Dame de Paris, the famous Notre Dame over in France, they started building that in 1163. And boy, that, that seems like a really, really long time uh, until you consider that the oldest building that is still standing that uh, was originally built to house a church, a, a gathering of believers, was built in the 200s in Dura Europas, um, Syria. And that seems really, really, really old uh, until we consider that uh, there's also this place called the uh, St. Thaddeus Monastery, which is actually in Iran, that uh, says that parts of it go all the way back to 66 AD and are part of that original movement of the, the church. And when we think of the original movement of the church, of course, uh, we remember that in the temple of Jerusalem, uh, believers in Jesus were gathering regularly all the, all the way back to 33 AD within a month or you know, two months of Jesus' death and resurrection. You know, the, the church, as we think about it, includes all believers in God's Messiah, who, who we know to be, be Jesus. And it's all the believers across all times and, and all places. And according to Jesus, that even includes people like Abraham, who lived about 2000 BC, and goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. And it even includes the believers of the future. Because remember that in John chapter 8, verse 58, Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. And it gives us the sense that Jesus is eternal. And so eternity not just goes back to the past, but it stretches out into the, the future as well. And as, as you think about all of those years, all the way back from the beginning, all the way to you know 57-year-old Gloria Day Lutheran Church, a lot has changed over those years in terms of how God's people, that universal church now, that's often expressed in those local congregations, um, how, how we live this life of faith. You know, consider the music. Uh, most American Christians, anyhow, uh, well, maybe not anymore, but uh, if you just go back 20, 30, maybe 40 years, most American Christians would expect organ music in a church. And um, that did not exist at the, uh, the time of Christ. Uh, you, you have all these different types of music from all different parts of the world. And the things that the, uh, the, the priests or the pastors would wear, those have changed over time too. You know, they've always worn, we've always worn um, special clothing that sets us apart in terms of our role in, in the worship service. But if you read the way that God clothed the priests in the temple, in the tabernacle, um, it's a bit different from what pastors wear today uh, in you know, liturgical churches. And it's certainly um, very different from the, the, the skinny jeans and t-shirts that are worn in some uh, non-denominational churches. And the liturgies, 
the style of the worship has changed over the years as well. Uh, for better or for worse, um, there are people who say that they are non-liturgical, but I notice that usually their services continue to follow a pattern, and uh, uh, they, 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 they don't come into the service without a plan. Um, and so what I think they tend to mean is that it's not a traditional liturgy, but it's still a liturgy of sorts. Um, here at Gloria Day, we, we have kind of a, a mix. It's still pretty traditional in terms of what we do, in terms of its format, uh, but the wording sometimes is modernized. Uh, even if the pattern is very much like the, the, the liturgies of the ancient church. Um, places of worship have changed. Um, and uh, you know, we, we look at the style here. This is a, this is a very plain style. Other churches have lots of stained glass and uh, lots of art and, and the like in, in their, their church buildings. And of course, the choices for people where to worship has changed a lot over the years. You know, here in Hudson, we have all kinds of different denominations. And uh, you know, some have said that here in America, you can find a, a church on just about every street corner. It's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it is part of the reputation of our country. And in the past, if you go back to Europe, there was usually one church that was in the center of town. And the people in that area, in that community, would gather at that one place. So a lot has changed, but there are definitely things that have not. I mean, consider God's law is still God's law. And sin is still sin, no matter what the, uh, the opinion polls might say about that. Um, we still hold that the Ten Commandments are God's truth and that they reveal how he wants us to live. And they describe how it is that people love one another. And even though the law is still the law and still sin is still sin, uh, the message of God's people is still the gospel, that Christ was crucified raised. He has ascended into heaven and he is returning one day as our Savior, that our sins are forgiven by the shedding of his blood. And our mission remains the same as it has always been, to gather people to Jesus, to bring people to, to know God in his love and in his grace. So if you go back to Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus calls the disciples to make disciples. How do you do that? You baptize and you teach. Those are the tools that we've been given, and we continue to do that. And in Acts chapter 1, Jesus told the apostles, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And I, I like to say I'm not sure you get much more ends of the earth from Jerusalem than Hudson, Ohio. And we continue to consider how do we love God and love our neighbor, as Jesus calls us to do in Matthew 22 the great commandment where he says the greatest commandment is that we love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, strength, and mind. But the second greatest commandment is that we love our neighbors as ourselves. So the church has always been about the work of, of caring for the poor and the vulnerable. And that's part of what the quilts are for that are behind me. Um, they were made by women in our church and they will go out to Lutheran World Relief who will use it in uh, relief efforts and in evangelism efforts to help people to experience the love of Jesus. And 
the church has always been about the defense of life and caring for people and helping them in times of need. So here I am, and I'm standing here in my sanctuary. And as I say that, I think, it's not really my sanctuary, is it? It's, uh, it's, it's God's sanctuary. It's the sanctuary of his people, or a sanctuary, a holy place. There are six pastors who, who served here before me. There have been hundreds, maybe, maybe even thousands of members who have been part of this church at some point or another, this congregation at some point or another. And through that all, the word of God has been preached here. You know, just the same way as, as Peter preached at Pentecost. And people have been baptized into Jesus here, just like the Ethiopian eunuch in the book of Acts. You know, and that, that includes infants. We, we recognize that God brings even children into his church body. Because remember, uh, in the Old Testament, there were uh, infants who were circumcised, little boys at eight days old. This promise is for you and for your, your children. We celebrate the Lord's Supper, just the same way that, that Jesus and the disciples did. And we hear those words, take and eat, this is my body. Take and drink, this is my blood for the forgiveness of your sins. And even though we don't understand how the bread can be the body or the wine can be the blood, we take Jesus at his word. And we trust his promises that this is no mere memorial meal, although this is to be done in remembrance of Jesus. It's also where Jesus is working to deliver his forgiveness and his grace to us. Jesus is at work by his spirit, doing what he's always done, seeking and saving sinners. And this is a, this is a message that is still needed today. And we're truly ancient and contemporary in this way because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, as it says in Hebrews 13. The church is present wherever the word of God is proclaimed and the sacraments are administered. And that is truly worldwide. And it truly spans all of history and even into the future. So... Just as we have in the past, we proclaim Jesus today, forgiving sins in his name as he goes about the work by the power of his spirit of redeeming people. So, hey, this got a little bit long. Sorry about that. But if this was helpful, um, please like it, share it, help other people to find it. And God bless you. And I'll see you next week with one more about the Universal Church. Mm -hmm.